Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Game Day After Dark. Darren Bombing here with you on Bonfire Sports. Soon to join me is Zach Schnitzer. Heartbreak at IG Field tonight. Well over 30,000 in attendance. And with overtime, the Montreal Alouettes come away with their third victory of the season. The Blue Bombers have their season opening win streak snapped at nine games. They sit at nine and one, still in first place in the West Division. Thanks to everybody out there for joining us here on Game Day After Dark. Looking forward to uh, hearing from all of you in the live chat. Uh, A lot of people have been texting. There it is. The Bonfire Hotline, 816-TIPS, 816-8477. What happened tonight? Why did the Blue Bombers lose to a clearly less dangerous team than they are in the Montreal Alouettes? Well, You listen to what Michael Shea said after the game. You go through the way this game went. And then you look at some critical moments, especially in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And you start to see how Winnipeg lost this game um, by a final score of 20 to 17. Penalties came into play um, at very, very critical moments. Obviously, Mark Leggio missing two field goals, one to win the game at the end of the fourth quarter, another in overtime to force another mini series, uh, mini game between the Bombers and the Alouettes. Uh, But it really started early in this game when the Montreal Alouettes were really putting pressure on Zach Kolaris and the Blue Bombers offense. Um, And frankly, it was just a lethargic start to the game. Michael Shea described the first quarter as low energy, said the intensity just wasn't there. Um, the crowd intensity at IG Field was definitely there. Let's bring in uh, our good friend, Zach Schnitzer, to game day after dark. What's going on, Schnitz? I hope you can hear me. I hope your mic is all hooked up and, and you're ready to go. Uh, just talking about this tough loss for the Blue Bombers in overtime. The crowd was raucous. The house was raucous rocking. It was a madhouse. I love the way Bob Irving put it uh, going into the game, expected to be a madhouse at IG Field on Thursday night. Uh, From your perspective in the stands, uh, we'll get into some more details later, but how did you see that game finish in particular? I was just talking about the tough start the Blue Bombers had in the first quarter. Yeah, Yeah, uh, you know, everything about that night for me was awesome except for the game at the end i mean as a fan i thought how do you call offside on that like if there was there was a toe maybe but then again that 
because Biggie. That's, what Mike o, that's what Mike O'Shea said. I'll, I'll just interrupt you for a second. Uh, the offside on Donald Rutledge Jr. that gave Montreal yeah. a whole new set of downs uh, when they did stop them on third down. Um, it depended on where the ball was spotted. Uh, maybe a toe is what Mike O'Shea said. Yeah. And then, yeah. quote, we know we can be better than that. So yeah. a mistake was made by a rookie in Donald Rutledge Jr. And yeah. I wouldn't say that cost them the game, the kicking game, the penalties, the pressure allowed on offense. There were a lot of reasons why Winnipeg. Oh, 100%. Out. I mean, they got the, Kalaros got sacked five times and, and, and strip sacked in the fourth quarter. And, you know, RD couldn't hold them. I thought it was Rutledge's toe. As a fan, uh, when I had my fan hat on, I was enraged. When I saw the replay, it did look like a toe, but I didn't want to say anything because <laughs> the fans in my section would have ripped my head off. And then, you know, I thought there was a PI on Shone. Now, now people have told me they didn't see one. Uh, just from my angle, it looked like his shoulder was turned. But again, I watched, it, when, I watched it a few times. I can understand people in the stands would would want that call. And right, and no, in no way whatsoever, Zach would would I blame Mike O'Shea for challenging that because it's worth. Well, you a might shot. as well, right? But what happens if, if you, you lose a challenge? Do you lose anything in OT? That's what we were wondering. Uh, you'd lose your timeout, right? So you do have a timeout in OT. Oh yeah. But there's no yeah. time on the clock. Why do you uh, need a timeout? I think it would give you an opportunity to like freeze oh, the kicker question. or something. I don't know. And it's an yeah, interesting I, I'm question. Not, I'm not totally sure. I, I think I know there's no game clock, right? But there is a play clock. There's a play clock. Hmm. So that's why you would. So, so I guess just, of, just to answer you can't blame Michael Shea for that. You can't blame. No, him. no, no. Just answer your question. Like to, wear, to the, uh, uh, wearing the fan hat. Uh, those were, you know, those were tough to take. And I was looking, uh, you know, as a fan, I'm like, come on. And I guess it's because, you know, at the end of the day, the bombers didn't as, as, as putrid as it looked at times, they did enough to win Darren. And I guess the, the one thing that, you know, kickers miss, and I believe Legio had hit 15 in a row. And I get the dinging one off the iron and OT is a young guy, right? The one that, really stings for me is the one at the fourth quarter at the buzzer. It wasn't a very long kick. I believe it was in the low thirties, Darren, maybe you can correct me. The one he (sighs) missed in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. Okay. Um, This is the thing, Zach. This is the thing. Was it tipped? Cause how did it come out like that? Okay. It looks like a bread loaf being thrown sideways. This is the crazy thing. We've seen Mark Leggio look really good kicking field goals. And where has he struggled? In extra points. Where are extra points kicked from? You have a line the ball up on the 25. You kick from the 32. This was a 32-yard field goal. And when I was listening and they said, you know, Dustin Nielsen on TSN said, um, you know, I was was driving home from the game already. uh, And he said, 32-yard attempt. I thought to myself, you know what? If there is a ball he could struggle with, it's a 32 yarder. Like it's just in his, it's in his kitchen. Right. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I am going to come to the defense of Mark Leggio because there are going to be uh, thousands of detractors and thousands of critics saying they need to, you know, cut him. They need to move on. They need to find somebody else. Look, every pro football team 
is always looking to improve their roster. Winnipeg has scouts in the NFL camps. Guys are getting cut all the time. They're going to be working out guys all the time. They got Ali Murtada on the practice roster. That all said, um, you know, Adam Big Hill talked about it after the game uh, that, you know, Legio is sick about how he played tonight. And that Big Hill also said the Blue Bombers expect him to make those kicks the same way they expect guys to make tackles and cover and make catches and block. Um, you know, so mistakes happen. He's not a perfect person, right? He's not a perfect football player. He entered the game 90% kicking. Uh, I believe he's still, uh, pretty close to that. Uh, you know, Mike O'Shea said Mark Leggio needs to, you know, at this juncture of his career, he's still young. He'll learn to navigate this. Uh, it will make him better. I agree with that. Um, and that in the end, Michael Shea stated the, you know, something I think really important for people to keep in perspective. This team is nine and one. He did not say that. Yep. He did say better now in game 10 than yes. later. I so, like that comment. I, I think that as a bomber fan, that, that, that is heartening that, that yes, you, you'd rather lose. You'd rather lose early in the like middle of the season, learn your lessons there mm-hmm. because that, that offside is correctable. Legio's uh, le- like it, in psychology, the only way to handle pressure better is to be exposed to pressure. And so better that it happens now, I imagine it looked like a clean snap and hold in that fourth quarter walk-off opportunity, Darren, you know, he, he just duffed it. He towed it, I think is what I'm seeing it- here. Yeah, and, so, uh, and and so that's yeah. that's someone whose nerves got to him. I would say his execution was, wouldn't you say, if if you he, tow it, he never he does. Like it was, mis- he completely misstruck the football. You know, I, I watched a lot of Blue wow. games uh, with uh, Troy Westwood, who kicked in the CFL for nearly two decades and at, at a very high level, and is the Blue Bombers' all-time leading scorer. He knows what yeah. he's talking about when it comes to kicking. He coaches sure. young kickers, um, and how many times he would talk about, he's like, just misstruck it. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Justin Medlock was as good as he was because he eliminated those misstrikes in his game. Uh, players that are not of Hall of Fame caliber, uh, like a Justin Medlock, you're going to misstrike a ball once in a while. Leggio completely misstruck that ball. There was no chance of it ever going through. Um, but you know, as, uh, arrow strain, uh, says here, uh, who's watching live on YouTube, um, you know, he, he should have crushed it, uh, you know, in case of a miss, you know, right. The reality is when you miss strike the ball, you can kick it as hard as you want. It's yeah. not going to go where you, where you expect it to. Well, and that's, that's the crushing thing as a fan, Darren, is that when it's a walk-off and it's a tie game. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that. When it's a walk-off and it's a tie game, you don't have to you don't have to make the field goal. You just have to hit it cleanly. And that's yeah. the first time he's missed hit. Like he's missed before PATs and yeah. field goals, Was but he's never tipped. he's never duffed it. And for him to duff it at that time, uh, you know, I think if if he would have missed it, but he goes through the end zone and we win 18-17, we're all pretty happy. We're like, "Hey, this team is is you know on crutches they're exhausted they haven't had a bye week they have a bunch of uh, regulars out hey they won that's all that matters and at the end of the day in football 
That's all that matters. So when you lose, regardless of how, it hurts. So I'm I'm with you. I think what I want to see is how does Legio respond? Because this is mental. And it's how does he respond? Yeah. We're, we're, this was a 10th game in the season. They're 9-1. and one. They were exhausted. I mean, the old line got pushed around there, and like I've like, never like seen. That, that's what I. That's what like I want to get. Bryant like, and Hardrick let, and let's talk about the the bigger reasons why Winnipeg lost this game. This was not a thirty seven thirty four game. It was no. seven seven at the half, and it was seventeen seventeen with the game on the line with seconds left on the clock. Uh, yeah. Montreal won in overtime because of a variety of reasons, not because Mark Leggio missed in the fourth quarter. Uh, let's talk about the lethargic start, the low energy, the failure in executing good, solid football, like the Blue Bombers so often yeah. have done this season. Great yeah. starts, putting uh, you know teams down and not letting them get back up off the mat. That did not happen. You're right. Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, Chris Kolonkowski, Pat Newfeld, um, and Jeff Gray all had moments where the Montreal defensive front pushed them around. Zach Kolaris got beat up and yeah. hit to the ground and tossed around and pressured all day long. You talked about the five sacks. It should be six because in the second quarter, he kind of like, well, maybe it was the first quarter, he kind of like threw the ball away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of Kind of fumbled it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they said, okay, that's a forward pass incomplete. But yeah. it goes beyond those six times. You know, he pressured, was right? pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. And then what happened? That Dalton shown 27 yard touchdown. That's when things started to turn in Buck Pierce's favor and the Blue Bombers offense's favor. They found a way to protect better and they started to move the football. Get this sack, get this. In the first half, the Blue Bombers went two and out in their first possession. They yep. had six plays and 40 yards on their second possession then a two and out, then another two and out. So that's three out of their first four possessions, nothing they could get going. Then a five play 48 yard touchdown drive. Uh, that was the uh, 27 yard strike to shown. Yeah. Um, and then three plays and a punt. That was the first half. Uh, they could not get continuity on offense. Brady Oliveira had a good average rushing tonight. Uh, I think he finished... Uh, I could be, yeah, 5.6 yards per carry at 15 carries for 84 yards, over a hundred combined. Again, uh, Brady has played extremely well this last month, um, but the yep. team around him did not. Drew Wolitarski, Janarian Grant, I think made some big, big plays in this game, yep. but the offense as a whole did not play well. And I think that's a huge, huge reason why they lost. Well, and they, they never seemed, Darren, to be able – like they had the drive, the key drives when they needed them to win the game. They couldn't finish. But but you're right. When you look at the meat of the game, not not just the uh, the toppings, which is Legio's kicking. Mind you, he's part of the team. When you look at the meat of the game, they couldn't protect Zach. And, and, and someone said to me, whoa, look at that. Look at that throw to Sean. That was beautiful. And I'm like – if that's what it takes to get points on this Montreal defense, you can't sustain that for 60 minutes. Like you can't expect Zach to be a Houdini. Right. And Every yes, time. you know, yeah. this particular, this typical bombers offense was, was making big second down catches with, with Ellingson over the middle and, and Wolitarski and Dembski, but they were picking them up off the carpet a couple times, you know, like, 
they were close, Darren. And I thought Zach had percentage wise had a good game. If you just looked at that, you'd say, Hey, well, Josh Wolf is saying 77%, but they were under pressure too much. And in the second half, I was looking to see, could they adjust to the pressure that Montreal was bringing? And I saw them try a couple of different things. The one thing I, I wanted to see was, was a sweep. There was three plays where they faked the sweep and they had Oliveira run up the gut for two or three yards. And yes, overall, Oliveira had a good game. But I was curious why they didn't try a sweep when you're trying to get away from pressure up the middle when your O-line is struggling. You know, like maybe a couple more screens. I don't know. I don't know if they adjusted well enough to the pressure or maybe they tried and that O-line was just too exhausted. I, I don't know. And, and also welcome Tim Capper from, from Montreal. Uh, shout out to you and congratulations on the win. You know, the Montreal Alouettes, I hate to say it, were full value, right? Like they, I would say they deserve to win. They won in two out of the three phases, right, Darren? Like special yeah. teams and and defense. I, I think our offense maybe outperformed theirs as, as putrid as maybe it looked at sometimes, but yeah, I just I just didn't see the offense clicking and getting any sort of traction. No, they didn't. Just to answer Brett Olson's question here about Michael Couture's status, the Blue Bombers' uh, starting center uh, week one, uh, an all-star uh, CFLPA last year. No, he is not practicing yet, uh, still recovering uh, from that broken arm. Uh, collectively, the offensive line struggled. Uh, the defense, uh, I thought, played pretty well. I think the special yeah. teams played well. I don't want to hang it on any one phase. Uh, when you lose a football game in overtime, everybody yeah. could have been better. You know, Winston Absolutely. Rose had a, a tough play on, on Kayon Julian yeah. Grant uh, going yep. 40 plus yards on him. But then Winston Rose made a great play late he in the game. He made a great so play late in the that game was too. Phenomenal. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. That kind of balances out. Um, you know, there were some big hits. Mike Miller absolutely crushing oh. <laughs> Tyson Philpot. Like, Zach, there's a reason I call him the killer. Mike Miller. I tweeted it, deadly. killer Mike Miller. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was an absolutely, he assassinated him. Oh he really did. Uh, and, uh, oh. you know, Mike Miller talked about it post game uh, on CGOB. And he he said, you know, straight up, he said, <laughs> I saw him coming in that hole and he was bringing it. So I knew I had to bring it too. Um, humble. Yeah. Uh, Mike Miller is, but uh, no, no yeah. surprise why he's one of Mike O'Shea's uh, favorites. Um, the Blue Bombers were favored by 12 and then 11 <laughs> and then as low as nine going into this game they oh. lose by three in overtime it's unfortunate to me zach Thirty-one thousand fifty-three in attendance at ig yeah. field tonight it was rocking the wave came out uh hustler, well, hustler tweeted after the game i blame the wave uh which, i knew he'd uh, say that he hates yeah, the course. wave and and sorry i gotta interrupt as a fan when the wave is coming and i get it it was 17 10 it's the fourth quarter it's the dark side defense we were marching I'm sorry. First, there's two reasons you don't you don't do the wave at that point. One, it's the CFL and the game is still going on. It is not over. Okay, even if we get a field goal on that play or a touchdown, the game's not over. Probably no lead is. is safe, right? No lead is safe. Second of all, the wave is making noise when your offense is on the field, mm -hmm. and there were guys on offense on the field. Going like this. I don't know if you can see my hand, but like 
or guys on the sideline going like this, like, shut up. Like, yeah. like, I, I, I hate to say it because fans are excited. And as you said, Darren, it was a great night at the park, right? People were really pumped. It, it, people were loud. It, it was, it was a uh, beautiful weather. I mean, the tailgate I got to was super fun. It, there was so much that was fun, but educated fans shouldn't be wave doing the wave at that point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to throw shade on fans, but you can't do the wave at that point. And then, and then you hear the 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 vacuum seal of of the stadium when he fumbles it, right? Like. When Zach fumbled in the fourth quarter, you you could hear the we'll air back, get yeah. sucked out of the stadium. <laughs> like I know Rob Mahoney's calling me a party pooper, like a tongue in cheek, but oh, I hate I hate I hated the fa- the, the the wave there, Darren. Like you can't you can't do the wave there. Like you only do the wave if a hundred percent the game's over. Like you cannot do the wave. I'm not, but let's be real. No the wave. wave didn't cause the bloomer the blue bombers to lose. I can, you, you can, you can talk about it all day. Like, yeah, they, you know, fans shouldn't have been well, making noise when the maybe, Bombers maybe. on the field or this or that, but the re yeah, come on. The blue bombers lost because they stunk in the first quarter. The blue bombers lost because they couldn't protect Zach Kolaris. The blue bombers lost because they left points on the board in, in makeable kicking situations. The blue bombers lost because they took penalties to give the Montreal Alouettes a fresh set of downs oh, of course. with gold to go. Um, I want to I want to address uh, uh, Aerostrain. Uh, first time I've seen uh, Aerostrain in the live chat. Thanks for watching. Okay, Aerostrain, uh, welcome. And you know he's had some good. Uh, he or she has had some very good comments already. Uh, Should have went. Shouldn't have went to OT. Says Aerostrain. O'Shea yeah. should have told Legio to punt it through the end zone for a single to end the game. Thirty-two uh, yard field goal would be like a. You'd have to punt the ball 55, 57 yards just to right. get it to the back of the end zone. So there's no guarantee you're going to be able to crush it like that when punters right. net average is 47, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I wonder though, cause this is an interesting point. I wonder if that was in the back of Mark Leggio's mind saying, okay, no matter how I kick this, I got to kick it hard because mm, if I can get it deep, point. then at least we have a chance to make a tackle in the end zone and still win the game. And then he completely misstruck the ball. Uh, noticing a lot of people have, have you know, tuned in since uh, we started and, and we talked about it, Zach. There was no tip on Mark Leggio's fourth quarter kick to win the game. It was a uh, clean kick except uh, in every sense except Mark Leggio striking the football. Completely mishit it. Uh, and uh, that game went to overtime. Funny how it was 32 yards, the same as a convert distance kick. Uh, I wonder if that kind of factored into things too. Um, I think that's a yeah. good point, Darren. I want to. I, I just want to reinforce that because yeah. that makes a lot of sense logically. That maybe he knew he just if I just hammer this, everything's fine, and maybe he, you know, overdid it, right? Like sometimes when we're holding onto the stick too tight, or we, you know, if you're a golfer and you try and just smoke a ball, like you miss <laughs> it, like. Um, can I just say Sean Blagden and welcome, Sean. I've never seen you before, but welcome to bonfire after dark. You were asking if O'Shea should have challenged the offside on the third down stop. And in the post game, he he said, I actually didn't know this either, but he could not challenge that. That is not challengeable. So what's three 
the the the, the third the third down that they stopped Davis. Right. Right. And you then they got the, the offside. You can't you cannot challenge offside, unfortunately. Um, and I think he would have lost the challenge because as a lot of people pointed out, as much as fans hate to say it, there was a toe. There was Rutledge's toe. Maybe we'll call this the Rutledge toe game. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or the maybe. Legio toe, the toe game. Like it'll be the toe game. I well, don't know. It, it, it'll be it'll be the undefeated streak ender, right? It'll be the the nine and O uh, heartbreak in overtime to the Alouettes. What is it about the Montreal Alouettes and the Blue Bombers playing wild finish games at yeah, IG you said Field? This to be. <laughs> remember, like remember Matt Nichols uh, running forty yeah. yards upfield, and then Andrew Harris not his knee not touching the turf. Maybe, maybe. Uh, on that touchdown run to, uh, you know, uh, complete a huge comeback against, uh, you know, Cavis Reed's built Montreal Alouettes of uh, years yeah. gone by. Um, yeah. Tom Higgins, yeah. I think, was the coach. No, right. it wasn't Tom Higgins. It no, was, no, no. Uh, what's his name? The old OC of BC. Um, oh, I can't even remember his name. Yeah. Jacques. Jacques something. Oh, Jacques Chapdelaine. Chapdelaine, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, and that, you know, it, it's something about these two teams. I, I think... The like, look, I, I get the Hamilton Tiger Cats have, have faced the Bombers in each of the last two Grey Cups. They've played each other in countless Grey Cups through the decades. But I firmly believe the Montreal Alouettes are the natural rival of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the East. <laughs> uh, just crazy games. So, eh? Yeah, really do. for yeah. sure. For sure. And then there was that 2007 East semifinal. You remember that at home where we had them stopped on the goal line stand and mm-hmm. Westy kicked the game winner. It was a crazy game. Uh, it was a cold one, but, and then we went into Toronto and beat Michael Bishop. But that's the Kevin Glenn arm break uh, game. So, but that was a classic. People don't talk about that much because of the Kevin Glenn arm break and the Riders winning the cup. But it, 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 you know, I hear, I hear it like it's embarrassing to lose to the Owls. I see Josh Wolf, and I, I get what you're saying there. Like they are the second worst team in the East. But Cote missed a chip shot field goal. They should have won that game. You know, they're not a terrible team. They're not a great team, but their defense outplayed our, our O-line big time. And we were supposed to have, yeah, we zoomed in there, Darren. Yeah, sorry about I mean, that. <laughs> it's a back-to-back. I think like it's hard someone, to beat a, It's hard to beat a team twice in a row. But someone, someone who knows about O-lines, and I won't say who it is. I saw him at the tailgate said he and another guy who knows about O-lines was wondering whether maybe... Our O-line, some of the vets are just getting old. And I, my first reaction to that, Darren, was like, come on. You're talking about Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, Patrick Newfeld. These right? are human beings. They don't but all play the best football all the time. You don't give them a rest, right? You play on short weeks a bunch of times on the road. You can't rest too many offensive linemen. They got like what, two two guys on the practice roster. No. So, but the the question for me is, you know, after the bye week, Darren, how is the O line going to look? Because they got they got Oliveira started, and people I've talked to said that's more because Oliveira is making one cut and hitting the hole. It's not so much mm. the O line. That that's what mm. I heard. Maybe it's a bit of both, but but are there going to, like, I saw Tim Capper put this out there, which is a good question. Are teams now going to base their defensive line and, and, and front seven pressure on what Montreal did tonight? 
And that's something that as a Bomber fan, I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm hoping that they didn't figure out the book on the Bombers and stopping that offense. And by the way, Neil, great to talk to you, buddy. It's been a long time coming. Great to meet you. That was the highlight of the night for me. Uh, great guy, Neil, one of our long time well, Wait a second. Listeners. Wait a second. Meeting Neil, like I see Neil at, at Jets games all the time. Awesome guy. Highlight for sure. But wasn't your highlight of the night being well, the season ticket member of the game? Well, well, you know, my wife kind of like, so, so I, I, te- I texted her a picture of this. I got a thousand dollars, right? But it's not a thousand dollars. Like I'm not, I'm not wait a second, complaining. Wait a second. What do you, you won not- something too? Oh yeah. No, no. It's a, uh, I don't know if you can see this. It's a thousand dollars to uh to a floor total flooring, which a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. It's great. Like we've got a carpet down here with three cats and and toddlers that will need to be replaced. So it's it'll be very well earned. But <laughs> my wife texts back. Uh, you've been there. <laughs> you probably still have to wash your clothes with a cat. Does. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't called to the principal's office. It, it was a it was a fun time. But um. First of all, people thought I had horseshoes up my butt because I won that 500 bucks to the bomber store. <laughs> you have been super lucky this. And said, you, you must really have, have horseshoes up your butt. And I said, if they do, they're small ones because they don't I don't feel any different. Like I'm sitting comfortably. But yep. uh, yes, it's it's a thousand dollars from total flooring uh, of flooring materials from floor uh from total flooring wait a second wait a second is, to, are, is this company a sponsor of ours i don't know why you keep saying their name so much yeah well maybe they should be well, i i don't know should. what flooring, give, us, give us a call flooring materials so that could be carpet it could be hardwood but then my wife says if only you'd won that 50 times we could switch out all our hardwood finally in our house <laughs> you know <laughs> Sometimes our our, our, our significant bucks. others uh, have a way of knocking the wind out of our sails. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was cool. And also, apparently I was on Global today, Darren, representing oh, you Bonfire. Made you made well, the cut. I, I was at the Bomber store earlier today. I rode my bike there and uh, I, I spent my 500, almost all my $500 on a couple of jerseys for my- What'd you one get for me? My, well, well, I didn't get you a jersey. I'm, I'm just telling you Good. that. I, Good. I got someone, I got two very special as, people, a jersey, you know, two. <laughs> a little royal blue Nike get you a nice uh, golf go- shirt. Bombers That's as close as I'll shirt, get to Darren. Bombers gear. That's as I close should, as I'll no, get. No, I'm going to get you wearing Bombers gear. So I, I got them a couple of jersey hemorrhoids, <laughs> not horseshoes, Andrea. <laughs> She's good. Um, anyway, a long story short, which should have been a lot shorter, is is... I got two very special ladies jerseys and uh, Global was there and they were interviewing fans and I kind of like kind of obnoxiously said, hey, can I get an interview? <laughs> and they were like taken aback and they're like, I guess. And uh, who knows? I didn't know if it would make the cutting floor or not, but I, I put a plug in for for Bonfire and I said, and maybe maybe this was bad. Maybe I jinxed the team. I said, you know, what's more important than winning and losing for me as a fan is how this team plays the game and how they, you know, support each other and how that inspires mm. us as people. And, yeah. you know, maybe I should have said That's like... That's a money clip. That's this, a money clip. This, I've worked in newsrooms. That's a money clip. But I should have... Maybe, maybe that's... Maybe, you know, as a fan, you get superstitious. Maybe... Maybe the maybe the maybe it's that you know the butterfly effect, and there was some kind of current in the wind that 
that hit the players and they're like, oh, it doesn't matter if we win. It just matters that we love each other. So <laughs> I'm just getting crazy here. But uh, anyway, yes, apparently on Global, my my mother-in-law taped it. I don't know if you can find it, but uh, like taped it on a VCR, like a cassette. No, like on PBR. You said taped it like it like an actual oh. tape. Oh, well, that in the old days, right? We tape and then we watch tape, the tape over things. Watch the tape. Yeah. Anyway, people right. didn't come on here to hear about this. Yes, hit the like button, hit subscribe. Yeah, we but appreciate you know that a lot. Yeah. Sub up. It, you know, like half of you out there are not subscribed. Half of you watching yeah, right now are not subscribed to Bonfire Sports. Get down below uh, on youtube.com slash bonfire sports. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell. After you hit subscribe, the bell pops up. You can ring the bell and then you'll get alerted whenever we go live. That's Tuesdays at 730 for Bonfire Midweek. Zach, you and I are doing a show. I'm making you stay working <sighs> during the bye week. We're going to do a show on Tuesday night. Um, and then, of course, you'll be alerted when uh, Chris Walby and I do uh, Game Day Winnipeg pregame, 3 p.m. Central, the day before the game, every game. And then, of course, Bonfire After Dark or game day after dark here on bonfire uh getting a little steamy as we always do uh in the twilight well, i hours. know but but we're staying hydrated i've got my beautiful uh the sports vault mug here it's keeping my water cold Ooh, um hey. oh yeah gonna announce a winner tomorrow yeah pumper you, you better wanna, you better announce you, one or pumper's gonna come to your house no, and like look, smash lots you. of lots of people have been texting in <laughs> to win these uh, here's the deal. You still have a chance to win. Watch Bonfire Midweek from this past week. You'll learn the special code word. You're going to text 816-TIPS-204-816-8477 with the code word and your name, and you'll be eligible to win. Uh, this is the first of many, many prizes from uh, the Sports Vault. Check them out at uh, thesportsvault.com. Where? Whoop. See if we can get a progress shot here. Oh, yeah, there you go. Where's my auto? Here. All right. Well, uh, Zach, th there were a lot of moments in this game that, uh, you know, stood out to me. Um, but I think going into this bye week, like two things come to mind. Number one, uh, it's always tough going into a bye week after a loss because yes. it's a bad memory that is fresh in your mind. Um, yeah. you know, Michael Shea talked about it after the game. Uh, you know, he hopes the guys relax, take a break, clear their minds, rest their bodies, um, and that they don't carry this loss into the bye. Snap and clear is the way Zach Kolaris puts it. Flush it away is how it's often been said. They need to look at the film and then get over it um, and, and realize that they're still first place in the CFL at nine and one thoughts of this team going undefeated this season. Um, I think it's almost a blessing. I won't yeah. even say in disguise. I think it's a blessing in its regular street clothes um, that this team <laughs> lost a game against an yeah. East division team. You know, yeah. if they had lost to Calgary or lost to BC or lost to Saskatchewan, not just the West division standings, but I think it's, it's the psychology of losing to a team, you know, you need to beat is Montreal going to be in the gray cup. Maybe they're in the East could be, but unlike like less likely than say a crossover team or Toronto or Hamilton, at least in my opinion. Um, but that all said, that's what they need to do. They need to move on from that. Secondly, 
Mark Leggio is going to be having, I hope he doesn't, just for his personal health, but he's going to be having nightmares for a long, long time. Oh, sure. Because he didn't just miss one kick that could have won the game. He missed a second makeable kick in overtime that would have kept uh, OT going. That is tough. Like, is that brutal. is really, really tough. Um, you know, 31,000 uh, people were in attendance tonight. 31,053. A uh, great crowd for a non-Banjo Bowl or playoff game. Um, so kudos to everybody that uh, went out to the game tonight and, and supported this outstanding football club. Um, and it's going to be tough for, for Mark Leggio, especially as a young player to do that. I sure hope he gets, um, you know, the sports psychology help, uh, that, yeah, uh, this absolutely. team has, they, they have, uh, Dr. Adrian too good and uh, a yeah. couple other, uh, a couple of her associates that work with the team. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, a phone call or a conversation to settle him down will, will help. Uh, that's the, the human side of it. The football side of it is a business. The blue bombers are going to be working out kickers. The blue bombers are always trying to get better. They're looking at offensive linemen. They're looking at defensive linemen, linebackers, DBs, especially looking at DBs. You're always looking to add another Dietrich Nichols, another DeAndre Alford, uh, another Nick Taylor. Uh, I know Nick Taylor was, you know, with Edmonton uh, prior to coming yep. uh, to Winnipeg, but you want to find more of those guys. You want to find receivers. You want to find quarterbacks. And yeah. this time of year, you know, uh, during the bye week, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the bye week. It's a good opportunity to uh, have those conversations. And NFL uh, is in training camp right now. They're playing preseason games. They're making rounds of cuts. Guys might just say, okay, you know, I've tried the NFL for a couple of years. I'm going to, you know, take a swing uh, at the Canadian Football League. Um, <laughs> can, the, can you can you pull up ahead. a comment here that that is uh, is just brilliant, Mark? Amfavanasuk. Mark Amfavanasuk. I hope I'm saying that right. How He's come saying I oh, yeah. okay. Scott Norwood probably knows a good psychologist. And uh, I yeah. hope he well, does. Did they, uh, did they have sports Scott psychologists Norwood. in the 90s? Did they well, have Well, maybe he had one later. I, I think he went on to a career in real estate and, and moved away from Buffalo. But as, mm-hmm. as, as some of you may remember, 1990 Super Bowl, uh, Buffalo lost on a Scott Norwood miss from 47. Mind you, that just just to show you how much of a football nerd I am, if you ever watch ESPN's uh, Four Falls of Buffalo, it's a great documentary on the Buffalo Bills. Apparently, he uh, the wind changed uh, in the game, and uh, earlier the wind had been going a different way. So, you know, it's just it just goes to show you that football could be a game of inches. And Darren, I like your point that the Bombers didn't lose it just on Legio. Like it shouldn't necessarily come down to that. It, it often does in football, but Winnipeg's a better team. We all know that Winnipeg is the better team and they didn't come to play today as much as they needed to. And I love this comment. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah. Like one bird WB watching live on YouTube. Welcome, yeah. Hey, one uh, bird. Uh, welcome uh, to the program. Face it, the Bombers ran out of luck and they were yeah. lucky to be 9-0. and oh, Missed a convert, BD, and then three opposition uh, special teams penalties uh, to keep drives alive. Yep. Like, they were fortunate to beat Ottawa 19-17 in Winnipeg. They were fortunate to beat Toronto 23-22 in T.O. 
they were, you know, there were there were times of fortune in Edmonton. I, I know they won by, uh, you know, 14 points, 24-10. But, you know, Zach Kolaris was 43% in that game with seven completions. Uh, you know, they, they left a lot on the table in that game. They were fortunate, um, you know, in a lot of games this year. It's not like they were blowing the socks off of everybody. Yeah. They found fortune. How many times on this show, Zach, or on Bonfire Midweek, we've said good teams are lucky. Got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky, right? How many times have we said that? Uh, very true in, in this, this team's case. I, I would agree with you, although in the Toronto game, you know, I was thinking about the beady miss, right? But at the same time, I'm not sure that it, was... Right? Yeah, but I'm not sure that Brandon Branks had a touchdown there on on Demario Houston. I I remember that was controversial, but but sure. I mean, you had the pyramiding penalty last week, right? Like, it, it's football. This is why we love football, Darren. You know, and football giveth and football taketh away. I mean, it is the most thrilling game I think in the universe because the last play of the game can be this bizarre duffed kick where you're like you 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 just basically rip victory from from a sure or you rip victory you know from from a sure win you and it's a defeat or it's going into overtime and you're just sick as a fan you're just like did that just happen so i mean those things happen and then you have the thrill of victory and this was a real up and down one for the psychology of a fan. And I get, I get fans that are, are really angry. Think about 2019 though. There was two games where we were up big on Montreal and Toronto respectively. And we gave those games away at the end. And what that catalyzed was this dark side defense. That's why they brought in. Nick Taylor and Brandon Alexander went to safety and Mercy Maston. So, and Mike Jones, who's now on Montreal. So, you know, I think it's how teams respond to this tragic adversity, right? It's how they respond. And that 2019 team went on to be one of the historic runs to the Grey Cup we've ever seen. Yeah. A lot of it based on their defense. So, you know, I think tomorrow when we wake up as fans, remember that, uh, what, that, what, you know, what's the most overused cliche in football? Cliches are cliches because they are true. And the most commonly used one in football is any given Sunday, any given Thursday or Friday night, any given yeah. Saturday afternoon, any given Sunday, uh, a team can beat another team. Going 9-0 and to start a season, there's a reason the Blue Bombers hadn't done that in 62 years. There's a reason why only six teams ever in the Canadian Football League have started 10-0. and There's a reason why it's a very, very rare accomplishment because good teams lose football games. Look at the, the 2007 New England Patriots, right? 17-0. and through the playoffs and, and losing the Super Bowl to Eli Manning and, and the New York Giants. Um, it, it happens. Yep. The reality is let's calm down. Like, look, 31,000 people going nuts at IG Field on a beautiful summer night. A win would have made it perfect. I yeah. get that. But, yeah. you know, if, if you, tough. like Zach, you went, you went to the game. Do you have fun? 
Oh, I had a blast, man. It would have been more the, fun until the end. end. <laughs> until the last right. maybe 10 minutes, I was just but like, Ugh. let's keep it in perspective, right? This team is nine and one. They have got two games against the BC Lions at the end of the year that could determine this division. Did you expect them to be undefeated going into two games against the BC Lions in, in week 19 and week 21? They've got three more games against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You think they were just going to sweep the Riders? I get that they've beat Calgary twice. They got to play Calgary uh, again following this bye on August 25th. Um, there are a lot of tough games ahead for Winnipeg. Six at home, three on the road, three buys. That is a positive. But, you know, there was a reason why it was like 26 to 1 that Winnipeg would go 18 and 0 on the season. Like, well, keep it in sure. perspective. This yeah. is still a very, very good football team. You can learn from a loss in July or in August uh, and, and know that it would be a lot harder pill to swallow if it was in October or, geez, November. I agree. I, I hear what you're saying intellectually. I, I still feel like someone punched me in the gut. I got to be honest with you, that. but I'm a fan, that. right? I'm a fan. Uh, it, it was tough to see because it, it would have been a picture perfect ending on a, on a game where the team didn't play great, but we're getting it done on second down and, and, and Legio kicks the winner. Even if he kicks a single, Nobody in Winnipeg cares if he misses that and kicks a single and he wins because it's all about. Mm, I wouldn't say nobody. I don't know, man, because I think everyone's <laughs> thinking they're tired. They're they're on a stretcher, you know. They're on life support. They haven't had a buy. Everybody's exhausted. Whatever. But like, man, to lose that way, like if they had just lost and it's like uh, you know Montreal run up the score, even uh, this yeah. was just a oh, as a fan, this is the worst way to lose. I mean, ugh. Yucky, yucky, yucky. But hey, listen, Dom Dale. Yeah, Winnipeg Gordo was saying. Did he? Jump yeah, into the stand? yeah. He was a he was a bit of a hot dog after. But wow. You know what? If that if that's the crowning achievement of Dom Davis's career, is is getting a a touchdown <laughs> off an offside when he had lost three chances. By the way, Biggie. Biggie was an absolute missile tonight for a guy that's older yeah. and plays linebacker. A very very physical spot, Darren. I mean, he he even he was asked at the post game, you know, were you guys a little tired or were you tired, Adam? He's like, nope, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that play he made on Dom Davis, the way he jumps over the line, he also had a pass knockdown deep mm -hmm. in the secondary. Like, you tell me a linebacker who's built biggie, who's built like basically a Mack truck that can run back down <laughs> and knock a pass down. He also, I think absolutely destroyed Antwi on one play like uh biggie i love biggie's play that that brings a smile to my face uh really good comment here from uh well pardon me this question from one bird why not punt it through uh we addressed this a little bit earlier yeah if you're on the like so it was a 32 yard field goal attempt so you'd be punting it from like the 35 Let's just say the 30. Then you got to add another 20 yards to get it through the end zone. That's a 50-yard punt. We're, we're probably talking 55. We're probably talking from the 35 through the end zone. That's 55 yards. It's not a breeze to punt it 55 yards. It's not a breeze uh, to place kick it 50 yards. Uh, 
it's it's not that simple. It's like, oh yeah, just kick it through for the single and, and you win. Um, you know, I don't know if the wind, was, I don't think the wind was a factor tonight, but it, it's not that cut and dry of, of just uh, booting it through. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of with waiters. Uh, embarrassing to win on a rouge. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, you take a win uh, any way you it. can take it, right? <laughs> I take um, it. But, uh, you know, lo loving the live chat tonight and yeah. uh, tons of people joining us here on uh, Game Day After Dark. Be sure to join us Tuesday, 7.30. Zach, you and I are going to do our mid-season awards. Uh, we're going to give away some more stuff from the Sports Vault. Check them out, thesportsvault.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I'm just going through through the comments here. Oh, yes, comment. This was a great comment. Uh, the battle in the trenches was won by Montreal tonight. Almondo Seawall two weeks in a row, pushed Blue Bomber center Chris Kolinkowski around. Was it the reason why Winnipeg, the sole reason why Winnipeg struggled in pass protection? No. Pat Newfeld, Jeff Gray, even Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick, Hardrick all yeah. had their plays where Montreal was able to put the pressure on. A uh, huge play from Avery Ellis, who was not in the lineup for Montreal last Good week. Good point. Yeah. He had a huge strip sack of Zach Kolaris at a critical point in the game yeah. uh, that allowed Montreal to tie it, um, you know, when, when they took the ball over. Uh, Winnipeg's offense really, really struggled, especially in the first half. Uh, this team, uh, like this Blue Bombers team put up, what was it? 35 points against Calgary. They put yeah. up uh, 43 points in Vancouver. Uh, they need to do better than scoring 14, you know, seven points at the half and, and 17 points uh, in the game. They, they need to be, somebody was saying it in, in the live chat earlier, they need to do better than two touchdowns uh, in a game. They really, really do. Uh, Greg Ellingson was back in the lineup. Everybody's seemingly healthy. I, I but the reality Although is. Although Ellingson was being switched in and out. Uh Okay, uh, but but here, I think like here, Steve here's behind me he's, said that he was getting uh, my buddy Steve who sits behind me. I he's think it was back, Steve. and and everybody's you know for the most part uh, in the lineup that's healthy and ready to go. But it sure looked like week ten. It sure looked like ten straight yeah. games through training camp. Uh, you include the preseason, twelve straight games with no buys. Uh, it really, really looked that way. Uh, no energy, no punch, no juice. However, you want to put it. Uh, especially in the first quarter, they made mistakes. They couldn't get any consistency going. Um, and coming into this game, like I thought, Winnipeg was going to cover the nine-point spread. Uh, SIA.com/slash/bonfire if you uh, want to uh, sign in there and uh, get a bonus. Um, but I believed they would cover because I expected them to punch early and often. Yeah. And maybe I was foolhardy in thinking a team that was in week 10 in a row could do that against a, you know, against an opponent they faced uh, seven days ago. I thought they'd crush them. I actually didn't take them even when it went to minus nine. I took them on the money line and I bet the house. I was very dejected that I lost oh, everything, but. Mark, no, hang on, hang on. What, what, do you what? know? On Sports Interaction, SIA.com yes, slash bonfire. If your money line on CFL games loses by exactly three, you get your money back. 
More horseshoes, well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you, you've got your money back. I so love got SIA. I got that email. As I, I got into the car and I opened up that email. I'm like, oh, crap. That was like the worst night ever. And then I saw that. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. So I got all my money. So credit, you know, SIA.com slash bonfire. It, uh, it yep. pays. Really, yep. go check well, it out. How, how about this? I, I hit on some prop bets on uh, SIA.com yes, slash bonfire. Uh, I had Brady Oliveira over 64 and a half yards. He had 84 rushing 84, tonight. Yeah. I had Trevor Harris over 25 and a half pass attempts. He had 27 tonight. Mm-hmm. He had 26 last week. And I thought, okay, Winnipeg's going to get up early. They're going to you know, rise to the occasion and be fueled by all that energy of 30,000 plus at IG Field. Uh, and they're going to be passing the ball all day long. Well, that wasn't yeah. really the case. But Jeshwin Antwi, 10 touches last week. He had nine tonight. Uh, Dom Davis, short yardage. Okay, fine. Seven times he did that. Uh, and then Feaster, uh, who was eating early, uh, pardon the pun, six carries for 39 yards. Uh, they just don't run the football uh, in Montreal. So I, I hit on a few of those props, but I definitely lost uh, on uh, Winnipeg covering nine. I jumped in on that line when it dropped all the way to nine after opening at 12 but yeah hey that's the way it goes it happens i hope you came out ahead but um yeah i just what do could, could i give a shout out so this was the first time i had ever tailgated darren yeah so okay, I, got, that was I got there early and boy was it fun like i could see why people tailgate and you could you could park in the max bell center for 20 bucks i i hooked up with uh, dirty bird trevor finch and his bunch and there was scott there who i'd met at the great cup and Derek. and holy did they make like they they alternate who makes the food darren okay let me tell you the menu because this 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 wasn't just like you know okay food out of the back of a truck they had a smoker going they had burnt ends in a little container that they gave me from a brisket. So it was a smoked brisket, smoked mac and cheese with bits of ham, coleslaw, Ooh. like smoked nice. mac and cheese. It was unbelievable. And then Dirty Bird made, uh, this This might have been the highlight of the night. Dirty Bird made a cornbread with jalapeno and cheese and... Uh, Boy, was it tasty. And then I got to see my good buddy, Shane Montpetit. He told me how to pronounce his name. Him and his his partner, Didi, they're from Dauphin. They drive three and a half hours. So I got to meet them. I got to see El Tony Tones and and some other folks. So that that was just super fun. And uh, also salute to the service members. Let's not forget that. That was uh, one of the important parts of the game. 400 of them. Did you catch the flyby? No, I did not because I was so I coming late hi- from the tailgate. It apparently went over uh, during the anthem. I did not see it or hear it. Um, oh. but apparently it went over. I just case okay, so like it was one of those big, big military cargoes, right? Like a huge, huge plane, probably cruising low altitude, nice and slow. Um, I remember the jets, like the two or three jets that would rip over the stadium in, you know, flyovers of, of years gone by. And it would absolutely rock the building. Like yeah. just the roof, especially would like hold all that sound in. And it was just crazy. Um, I, I missed it completely tonight. Missed it completely. 
I didn't see it because I was I was talking to and I got a picture I'll post later. I was talking to our good friend David Asplund, who's a friend of the show, a guy who I wagered a beard cutting on, which I I kind of uh, I I missed the small print, so I have to. I, you can see I'm growing my beard back slowly because I lost that bet with with David Asplund, but him and I shook on it. Yeah, it's 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 going slowly. Anyway, David David has a nice bushy orange beard, and and I said if we get to thirteen and zero, you have to shave your beard. So again, I've lost already. Um, yeah, it was bad. But shout out to David. We had a nice chat. Um. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of shout outs, uh, want to shout out uh, this young man here, Tony Burnett, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, uh, weak side linebacker, special teams demon. Uh, what's going on, Cuts? Uh, good to see you, man. Uh, listening out in Southern California. Um, and uh, nice. he was texting me after the game. He's like, that's a what did, what did you text me, Tony? You texted me. I got to check this out. Uh, he texted me, you know, like that's a, that's a tough way, uh, to end the streak. Right. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, lots of people texting on the bonfire hotline tonight. Uh, this texter did not leave a name. Uh, we didn't, uh, why didn't we kick for a single instead of a field goal? Everybody is stymied by that. Some people in the live chat also mentioning, um, you know, they could have kicked it through the side of the end zone. Do you realize the Canadian football league field is 63 and a half yards wide? Often people will say 65 yards. It's 63 and a half yards wide. You want to kick it 30 yards, 40 yards downfield and 35 to the side? Like you're rolling the dice with serious danger there. Um, And there's a reason, Darren, that you never see that. Like I've never seen anyone try and punt for a rouge for a win. You always see a field goal. Like no one's, I've never seen it in the history of watching football. I get when it doesn't work. People are wondering, like, like my father-in-law was wondering, why didn't they punt it? But, you know, you're eight yards further back. It's a 20-yard end zone. It, like you said, the net on a punt, it, it, you know, and, and that's pressure too on Legio. It's, he's not necessarily going to sky the punt either. And you can always kick it out too, right? Like we've seen that in the CFL. <laughs> yeah, I like what Mitch Swish just say. You played a win. Like you, you kicked the field yeah. goal, but... Uh... Yeah, like more people talking about the wave. Uh, Up (laughs) seven points with nine minutes left. Yeah. Not three, nine. Yeah, it was bad. If your offense has it and there's three minutes left, maybe if it's a one-score game, maybe. Should be a two-score game, Um, but uh, I digress. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> well, you told me it, it wasn't responsible for the loss and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying I have a tinfoil like, hat, like, but, but if you have noise and you're an offense, we talk about noise affecting on offense, you know, uh, you, you, I can't say that it didn't affect the offense. That was already what about a silent wave. Sure. Do a silent wave. I don't give, <laughs> I don't give two whatever's do a silent wave, but, but. Yeah. Oh, see, Richie said, gave Zach a fist bump at the top of 129, section 129 at the start of the game, was downhill from there. So, you know, everybody has their superstition uh, as to uh, why the Blue Bombers. Well, that was uh, Fritchie. Okay. For the first loss of the season. Uh, Zach, you're going to start tailgating at 10 a.m. before the Banjo Bowl? Well, if I if I could bring my daughter, um, yeah, because she's coming to the game. I don't know if I don't know if she could last that long, although... If she kept getting great food like that and meeting, you know, 
bomber woman, like we met bomber woman and, and Jersey girl. She, she might make it. Green Bring drop. back green drop. I would Love like to beat up battles. green drop right now just to get yeah. it out of my, just to get the anger out. Uh, <laughs> just to get, uh, I'm so mad. We lost the game. I gotta be honest. I'm so sick. So uh, sick. Adam Droward uh, asking about Brandon Alexander, the Blue Bombers all-star safety. Uh, any updates on BA? No, no updates. Uh, he is not practicing. Uh, if he's not practicing yet, don't expect him, uh, you know, to, to be a possibility um, when the Blue Bombers return following this bye at home against the Calgary Stampeders on, that's another Thursday game in the summer uh, here in Southern Manitoba, August 25th uh, at 7.30. Um Walk like I could see BA on the sidelines tonight. I, I, I got a good look at him, uh, you know, through my uh, uh, creepy reporter binoculars. And uh, he looks to be in phenomenal shape. Like he really, mm-hmm. really does. He's wearing like a compression creepy. shirt. Uh, uh, yeah, I saw sidelines. that too. Yeah. He looks fit. Like when you're injured, like you're coming back from knee injury. Uh, I imagine he does a lot of like, okay, well, I can't run, so I'm going to go on the rowing machine and I'm going to you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. do some bench and I'm going to do some curls and I'm going to do some pulls on the back. And like, wow, you know, he, he's looking, uh, you know, to, to do what you can, like you're looking to get better how you can, when you can't, you know, test that knee. So, uh, yeah. lots of people asking about him and others, well, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath right? on anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because I saw Nick Hallett like on that fourth quarter drive where the Alouettes tied it. You know, he missed on one. It looked like, um, and just waiter's nose. He, yeah, he 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 hit the receiver, but he it looks like his eye. Uh, you know, maybe he was in the wrong spot. But hard to tell. Um, there was a guy here who said something about no uh, Noel Prefontaine kicking in a certain way did you see that uh bomber i don't know if it was bomber fan or or maybe see if we mm-hmm. can find uh, i'll see if i can find it. it was an interesting comment about uh the old toronto and edmonton kicker noel prefontaine bomber fan he's saying it's not unprecedented prefontaine used field goal formation early in career to pin kicks like punts huh that's interesting uh, yeah I've never, I never, I don't remember that. I didn't hear of that. What do you make me, of that? Let me, let me pull that one up. Who, who had that comment? Bomber fan. 414. Talk about that theater. I have to go down a bit. I think, I think I follow him on Twitter and he has always has some interesting takes. So anyway, I thought that oh, was. Lay, lay that out again. Prefontaine used field goal formation early in career to pin kicks like punts. Mm, I don't really understand what he means, but maybe he can clarify that was an interesting point. If, if there's a history of people going for, you know, different kinds of kicks that, that I've never seen, but anyway, let's, let's see if he explains, but let's go on. Let's move on from that. And Jesse Briggs almost blocks a punt. Oh, if he gets that, that was, that was centimeters, man. If he hit, if he gets that, we win the game. Love this. Tony Burnett, who uh, plays the same position uh, as Jesse Briggs, lives vicariously <laughs> through the legend that is Jesse Briggs. Uh, yeah, Tony, you were, were teammates uh, on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with Jesse Briggs. Oh, uh, nice. 
he is he is quite a player, isn't he? Uh, Jesse Briggs, I think, is uh, one of those Canadian uh, yeah. reserve linebackers, special team coach on the field type guys, like a Mike Miller, like a Shane Gauthier. Um, maybe don't get enough love or appreciation or mention. Uh, but hey, that's what we're going to do here on Bonfire Sports. We're going to draw attention to those that maybe don't get it elsewhere. Jesse Briggs is one of the best players in the CFL today. You're just not going to see it on a stat sheet. You're just not going to see it uh, on the highlight reels. He can ball. He makes plays. Uh, and one of the smartest players on the field as well. Um, it's amazing when you talk to people connected in the CFL and, and you know, uh, inside the Blue Bombers organization as well. Uh, how much they talk about the value of a Shane Gauthier, of a Jesse Briggs, of a Mike Miller, um, you know, of a Justin Medlock. Like, you remember when Medlock was here and people were like, he's making how much money? He's making $180,000. Why can't, why do we got to pay him that? We could be paying no. that to, you know, this and that. Hey, there's a reason why these special teams aces make six figures because they're worth it. Yes, there's a reason are. why Justin Medlock made, over $170,000 a year because he's worth it. And, you know, no, I'm not trying to, to, to dig on Mark Leggio because he's had a hard enough night, but, um, you know, there's a reason why, uh, Justin Medlock was as good, uh, as he was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Some, okay. Yes. And if we had Justin Medlock, we, we win this game, I'm sure, said, but what I, a bomber I, fan, uh, someone clarified Jason Medlock. I don't think so. I didn't hear that. Um, but someone clarified that what Prefontaine was doing is he was intentionally missing a field goal at the end of a game, like on a walk-off, but he hit it in a way that was like a longer, longer punt or something. So maybe that's something. And apparently someone said here, Kent Austin, a Kent Austin coach team or Kent Austin tried to, when he was coaching the Riders, tried to punt for a win. So apparently it's happened. I mean, I just, I've just never seen it. <laughs> no, me neither. But that's kind of the beauty, uh, you know, uh, niche little moments that happen in Canadian football. Josh yeah. Wolf mentioning uh, to Tony, Tony Burnett, uh, Tristan Opala Ugo. Uh, sorry, I butchered the spelling. You actually didn't. You no, only he got it. The U and the A after the L, and you got it, I believe. But like, really, really well done. Um, and uh, was there in 2015, 2016, and Jamal Westerman. Um, those were some good defensive ends. Uh, Westerman took too many roughing penalties, though. Oh, man. That was, yeah, that was the thing on him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But a uh, oh, heck of a player. Yeah. Oh, Bomber fans saying Ken Miller was the coach who tried to punt for the win. And did he win with the punt? That's what I'd wondered. Tell us if you won with the punt, because that would be interesting. But yeah. just can I, can we, okay, let's get off the kicker at this. But let me just say, like, I've never seen a walk-off field goal duffed that badly in my entire life. And for it to happen tonight, when there was such a big crowd, and you're going for 10-0, and 0, and you're also, don't forget, Darren, we were going for the first CFL team to get 400 wins at home. I'm just trying to flush all the bad juju here. Well, will uh, Calgary do it on uh, Saturday against BC? Uh, they probably will. And Ryan Ballantyne was talking about that on the two and podcast. Who? Ryan Ballantyne. He's like, oh, they're going to lose so and we're going to get it. Boo. You say, Dane. Well, because he was jinxing us. 
<laughs> he's a he's, fan. And we're gonna get. Uh, he's yeah. a he's a good guy. He's he's like me, right? Um. Anyway, I mean, just but but it's just tough. I mean, good comment uh, from Rob here. Kickers should be money from under forty. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah. I think they should be ninety plus, ninety five plus from inside forty. Uh, if the rouge is even being discussed, says Rob, probably time for a more reliable kicker. Uh, I'm sure that is. Um, uh, echoing a lot of sentiments uh, in uh, Bomber Nation uh, tonight. Uh, this is interesting. The PI call on Winston Rose earlier in the game that gave the Owls their first touchdown. Mm. Uh, that was, hang on, I'm, I'm going to find it here. Yeah, that, that was early on. PI, right. that, oh, I thought I had it. No, it was well, in the first quarter. That was a 27 yard penalty. Yeah, uh, it was a seven play 59 yard touchdown drive by the Montreal Alouettes uh, right at the beginning of the second quarter uh, made oh, it seven nothing. Yeah. And uh, kind of in the midst of the Winnipeg offense going two and out uh, three out of four possessions. Um, but that was a 27 yard penalty. Uh, I called it fluffy. On yes. Twitter. Yes. which is kind of so, my way of saying yeah. eh, ticky tack, you know, yeah. uh, m- maybe not very firm, uh, a firm penalty, uh, pretty fluffy to me. Um, and then you look at what was not a PI uh, later in the game. Uh, the one uh, that uh, really helped uh, catapult uh, Montreal to a win tonight. Um, you know, you won the, similar? you mean the one on shown in overtime, the one that Michael Shea challenged. Yeah. 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 Uh, similar. I know like the TV angle was different. It's very hard to see from the stadium and from the press box, but the TV angle uh, was opposite as far as what you could see. Um, mm. But similar, you know, like, like late contact, nothing disrupting the receiver, their hands, their arms, their, their torso, that sort of thing. Um, no Jersey pull. Uh, for the most part, at least until there's contact, like ball to the receiver's hands. So, you know, some people are just going to blame refs every game. Uh, there's those types of people out there. Yeah. Hey, you, you are who you are. I, I'm never going to uh, say the refs decided a football game. I'm not. When I'm really angry about something, I'll, I'll yell at the refs. Then later on, I might cool down. Well, you're a fan in the stands. Yeah, but I think later on you got to cool down. I think actually people who know a lot about refing say Andre Pru is actually a pretty good ref. He's actually one of the better ones. It's just his delivery and I think his accent. I think sometimes and sometimes he fumbles his words and like takes a really long time to get things out. Um, the so, tree, the twenty tree, you know. So I think he gets a bad rep for that. For there's sure. a couple. There's a couple fans who are also saying that that it was pi on Rose earlier in the game. So I, I think we have an educated, oh, we have an educated, um, you know, chat group and fans. And yeah, it's great. Bring bring it. You know, uh, if you saw something and, and disagree with with me or Zach, um, bring it. Let us know. Uh, this is no. There's uh, a open, bunch of people saying Rose impeded discussion. him, and you know, we know that Rose uh, sometimes gets burnt. Uh, Anyway, let, let's yep. should should we do our uh should we do our Walby's Warrior? Yeah, let's happy get into it. Honker. Let's get into it. Uh so we still don't have a name. Maybe we don't even need one, but we'll we'll give our like our player of the game, our game ball to somebody, yeah, right? Is that sure. what we're gonna do? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, we can have more uh, than one game ball. Let's let's start with uh, you know, okay, look, the blue bombers lost tonight. 
2017 in overtime, uh, their first loss of the season, uh, their best start since 1960, where they started 10 and 0. Uh, they do not become the seventh team in CFL history to begin 10 and 0. They do not become the first team to win 400 games at home in the CFL. Calgary has a chance to do that against BC this weekend. Um, however, uh, the T, uh, sorry, <laughs> it's not a TSN turning point. <laughs> Our bonfire burning point, the moment that turned the tides in this game that led to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers suffering their first loss of the season. I think it, I think it's the I mean you could easily say it was the duffed kick at the end, but I I think it's the strip sack. I think the wave is going. You have the bombers uh, in the fourth quarter marching. They're up seven, and that just took the air out of the building. The Alouettes go and score the tying touchdown with the offside, and then from there, after the wave, as many people have commented here. <laughs> We didn't score another point, and uh, it was rough, man. That that was a terrible burning point, and turnovers are like they're highly correlated with wins and losses, right? And we got we gave one away, and they didn't. So that that strip sack, I think, was a burning point for me. Uh. Lots of people uh, chiming in here. Love how everyone in the live chat is giving us their bonfire burning point. Uh, Tony Burnett, former Blue Bombers uh, special team. That's super Ooh. cool that he's on here, man. Yeah, totally. Well, he texted me. He's like, that's Come a back, like Tony. Said, yeah, no, of course. Of course. Uh, he texted me. I'm like, hey, hit, hit up uh, our pre or our postgame show here on Bonfire. Um, he mentions the, the strip sack uh, by Avery Ellis yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, my bonfire burning point? was a goal line stand snuffed out by a toe yeah. lining yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's fair too. Because it, it wouldn't have been a tie game. Winnipeg would have had the lead, uh, 17-10. This will call this game the toe nail biter. Oh, flexible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's do our uh, Walby's Warrior. Before we do our uh, Westwood wide to the right, Walby's Warrior. The guy that went to war tonight could be an Alouette, could be a bomber. Uh, maybe let's not make it the refs. No, I, let's stop talking about the refs. I mean, <laughs> I thought I thought Brady Oliveira had a hell of a game. You know, he he. He came through when he needed to. He did enough to win the game for the Bombers, right? Uh, much maligned at the beginning of the season, and I loved him. Well-deserved, tough. Was it a 19-yard touchdown to make it 17-10? Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I, I love that run, and he deserved a touchdown, and I thought he he battled hard all night. And, you know, part of that is his character. You know, on the post game, I thought, you know, he, he spoke well, he said, you know, we've got to, we've really got to look at ourselves. And, and he was asked, you know, what are you going to take away from this for the, for the, for the bye week Darren? And he said, I think like all of us, I've got to look in the mirror and say, what, what do I have to do better? And this is a guy who had a pretty darn good game. And so I, 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 I like to be some Brady Oliveira and I appreciate him and his character and I want to see success for him. So he was my warrior tonight. Good call. Uh, good call there. Uh, when when he jumped into the stands after that touchdown with the with the way uh, the last month 
the the first month of the season went for him uh, and he he talked openly uh so huge ups to Brady Oliveira for his honesty and saying like hey I'm a Winnipeg kid and it's been hard hearing my hometown fans uh you know uh, not have faith in me uh he's like I had faith in me my teammates my coaches had faith in me I knew it was going to turn around well it's now four games in a row where uh, Brady Oliveira has been very good so that touchdown at home with 31,000 cheering on, I'm sure felt really, really good. Uh, I'm going to jump on with uh, C. Walker, who's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Walker? Um, Mike Miller, no practice. Well, he often does not practice. It wasn't just this week. Um, absolutely blew up uh, Jalen Philpot on the return. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mike Miller and Jesse Briggs for being free and nearly blocking a punt. Ooh. I think Winnipeg special teams did very, very well tonight. Those are my Walby Warriors. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. Let's uh let's do our Westwood wide to the right. The moment wow. in this game we did not like. <laughs> I mean, it's literally a what well, I think it was Legio wide to, to the, the left, left and Westwood to, to the, the right. left. To the mm. left, to the left. Yeah, I'm not gonna listen to that song because now it's gonna give me nightmares. And, oh gosh. And, uh... Well, Beyonce's got a better new her new song's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so I mean I think that was horrible. I think that goes without saying. Like, you, you just can't shank a walk-off field goal like that, especially when you can just get a single. But you know what? We we focus so much on that, Darren. I think that the the O-line play, not only allowing that much pressure on Zach and making Zach run around like Houdini all game, right? And he's going to get hurt like that. So... That I didn't like, and there the O line was also taking penalties, procedure penalties. There's a couple. There's a couple mm-hmm. holding penalties. Yep. You don't normally, especially the procedure. You don't normally see that. And to me, that tells me okay, maybe maybe they're tired. But I just think this game was lost in the trenches as much as Legio was sort of the icing on the cake for this one, the cherry on top that was a little mm-hmm. rotten at the end, <laughs> a little rancid, maybe in the fridge too long. But the trenches killed us, and that was my wide to the right, our, our O-line play. Uh, so the O-line play, that's good. Legio's the you know, obvious one. I almost don't want to pick that because it's yeah. so obvious. Low hanging fruit. Um, you know, some some other ones similar to my burning point. Well, precisely similar to my burning point in uh, yeah. the, the penalty to uh, rookie Donald, Donald Rutledge Jr. Um, I'm going to give my uh, Westwood wide to the right. Oh, I'm almost having second thoughts because it was game 10 in a row. Yeah. Uh, but Winnipeg had every opportunity to use the energy of Military Appreciation Night, uh, a rockin' national anthem uh, sung by a local uh, 31,000-plus on a beautiful night here in southern Manitoba, uh, and they just came out flat. Uh, I understand maybe why it happened, uh, but I'm going to give that uh, my wide to the right because it could have determined the game quite differently. Uh, I think Winnipeg, it wasn't just fatigue or, or, or low energy from, from being 10 games in a row. I think it was also just um, maybe lack of mental sharpness. Um, O'Shea talked about that after the game, they, they made a lot of mistakes uh, early in the game as well. They did. And, you know, 
I hate to say it. I mean, maybe they were just so freaking exhausted. Maybe they're at home and they're like, hey, the crowd's going to give us a boost. I don't know, man. But you're absolutely right. There was so much to celebrate and just capping it off with a win would have just been a beaut. I, and Josh Wolf said he was hoping the defense would get a turnover. I did have a mm-hmm. moment in the game, I think in the third quarter, thinking like, I think the defense is going to have to get us a turnover to win this game. And 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 they weren't able to, but yeah, it, just a just a tough night and, and tough to not use all that momentum and energy. Hey, Darren, from from a raucous crowd, and yeah. you know it's not usual that you get over thirty thousand in a regular season game, other than the Banjo Bowl in the uh, IG Field. Like when they did the starting lineups and, and and started the offense, they went from Chris Kolonkowski all the way through to Zach Kolaris. The sparks are flying, the smoke machines are going, the crowd is frothing uh, and and getting all all uh, fired up for kickoff. Uh, and then they announced Zach Kolaris's name, and yeah. the place like you could feel it. It was absolutely lit at IG Field tonight, and that was before they even kicked the ball off. Um, yeah. I was very surprised they they came out as flat as they did as much as I'm not surprised because man, 10 games in a row is a really, really tough go. Uh, Michael Shale never admit it. Uh, I've tried to get him to address it. Nice. Uh, he's like, good luck with that, buddy. Well, you know, th- that's the way he coaches. He coaches the same way he deals with the media. It's like, it's out of our control. The schedule is the schedule. It is yeah. what it is. You know, if uh, a player's hurt, it is what it is. You know, there's nothing you can do to change uh, that you can change the way you think about it. You can change the way you play. You can change the way you prepare and the way you work, but you can't do anything about, Hey, we got to buy this week. Like the bombers can't play a game next week. If they want to, they can't, there's a buy. That's just the way it is the same way. They have to host Calgary, uh, on August 25th. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. How's Winnipeg going to come out, uh, rested and rejuvenated, uh, with a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth of losing their last home game. Uh, what was it? I wrote it down here. Uh, first loss for Winnipeg in yeah, 264 days. Um, and then there's another one here. Uh, no, it's gotta be more than that. Wasn't it September 2019 the last time they lost at home? What was two? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe got, is that's the should, last. You should see my notes here. You'd think I'm a doctor with all this. Maybe that was the last <laughs> loss. Maybe that was the last loss was 268 when they lost yes. to Toronto. That's right. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah. Okay. Th- this one from my good friend, uh, Skylar Peters, uh, who is a phenomenal reporter for Global News. Uh, tonight marks Zach Kolaris's second loss in a meaningful game since being traded to the Blue Bombers. That was 1,037 days ago. The 2019 trade deadline was 1,037 days ago. And okay, Zach take- Kolaris just <laughs> had his second meaningful loss since that. Uh, And I will remind people that loss, that first loss, meaningful game was 264 days ago in Toronto. In Toronto. So if he loses every 264 days, I'll be okay. I am wrong. What are you wrong? Well, that last loss was uh, in Calgary. 13-12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but what did he play? What quarter? Come on. No, I'm saying, right. Yes. Oh, yes. but that's the 264 days. Is that that's what right. you're saying? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Have we confused yeah. everybody enough here? Yeah. Uh, so what do we have left? We got the happy honker. 
to get happy honker and then, a, and then a game ball or two. Who's your happy honker? You want me to go first? Ooh, yeah. Um, well, you know what? There was one very happy honker in the crowd tonight. Uh, Zach, I know you've been having, uh, you know, uh, your go at life uh, over the last little while here, but you have been truly fortunate because you are such a genuine person that cares wow, about other people. You. Um, so, you know, luck is, is on your side. So you're the season ticket member of the game. You've been winning tons of prizes. You've been crushing <laughs> it here on bonfire sports zach schnitzer you're my happy honker oh nice did and i think i got one before too from mike still so and i was a fan of the game oh, i mean yeah uh, uh i gotta i gotta call carol tomorrow i think carol barrett has a hand in these things you know i don't know i, I come on and Dar darren cameron <laughs> tweeted out earlier that that carol was running around with her head cut off so yeah. Maybe maybe she was trying to arrange things for me. I don't know. Ever since uh, ever since she told me that I'd be the coin tosser on my dad's birthday, the first birthday after he passed, I was like, "Come on, something's going on, Carol." But I love me some Carol Barrett. Thank you, Darren. I will I will accept that nice compliment. It's been a tough two months with mental health stuff, but but the bombers and and being here with you and and you guys on the chat, um, it's it's really been a lifesaver, and and certainly things are. Things are getting better, so yeah, that's man. good. They're getting better. I'm, I'm getting the help I need. My happy honker would be actually Nick Taylor. I thought he he made a, a couple of really nice plays uh, in the – I think it was the – Denis or Dennis, sorry, I didn't have my chart because I was tailgating, and I, I, I didn't think I could manage that chart, but there was a couple of plays. I have him – uh, the first quarter, he had a really nice pass breakup on Reggie White, who was wide open, and and Nick Taylor closed on him. Uh, so I thought he that was a great play. And then there was another one. He had a great tackle on Eugene Lewis. So I thought he was bringing it. I thought Nick Taylor brought it, especially in the first half. So he gets my happy honker because we often don't talk about Nick Taylor, but he's a he's an elite defensive back and he's fast as heck. And, uh, you know, maybe he's not the tarpaulin Dietrich Nichols who we don't even talk about because nobody throws to him. But I, I liked I, <laughs> I, I, I liked what I and you called you said tarpaulin in your interview did with him, didn't you? Did I, I think you did? Yes. I, <laughs> I was like, he's not going to say tarpaulin. But I think after the interview, you said tarpaulin or something. So, oh, um, OK, I'm not sure. I liked what I saw from Nick Taylor. But 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 yeah, I. I I don't know if it's him or, you know, I could give it to Biggie for just being a heat-sicking missile, but Biggie might get one of my game balls. I don't know. Yep. I think I think Biggie was just a guy that brought it tonight, and I think he was one of the players of the game. I don't have his final stats, Darren. You might, but, you know, you, even though we were offside, he really did, like, had, had Rutledge not been offside, Darren, that is the play of the game. Yep. Like stuffing, like jumping over top of that pile and stuffing Agreed. a big dude who's very successful on third and short and second and short, like a Dominic Davis. That is the play of the game. And, and there was another time where he just he just crushed Antwi, which was a beautiful tackle. And then there was he had a pass knockdown deep in coverage. So I just thought for an older guy who's built like that and nothing against his build. It's just like, that's not a guy you think is going to run down and, and, and knock down a pass deep in yeah. coverage. So I just thought 
I love Biggie. I love his leadership. And he did enough to win today, too. And 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 I'll say one more thing that and I think this was Cal Murphy. Who said for I think it was Cal Murphy. Who said that for every rookie you have on the team is one loss. And correct me if that's wrong, but. I think you see that in Rutledge, right? Like that's a rookie mistake. It's so tiny. Like it's, it's millimeters even or centimeters, but yep. damn, like things like, like, like that's the kind of thing the bombers don't usually mess up. I think that's the first offside on def on, on, on defense I've seen from them in that in goal to go situation. So you know, those are the little things the Bombers usually get right, and that's why they usually win. Uh, is it Dave? Okay, thanks. It's the Dave Ritchie quote. So, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. But I think Biggie definitely gets one of my game balls. What about you? Uh, I do want to mention comment with a good comment here. Bombers were punch drunk tonight after a 10-week run. It's okay to learn from a defeat and recover. Totally. Um, don't let, don't let one defeat be a final defeat, right? That's, that's my favorite quote. So, Hey, it's how you recover from it. And I've definitely had defeats in the last two months with my mental health days, the days that were horrible, right? I had horrible, horrible days. Brain is telling me shit that I'd never want to put on anyone else. And it's, what are you going to do the next day? Right. Who are you going to reach out to? What strategy are you going to try? Um, you know, who are you going to hang on to for dear life? And, you know, I mean, listen, the, 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 I, I'm not super concerned about the bombers, but it's, uh, it's a tough one. Speaks to, uh, speaks to your fantastic article, uh, on three down nation. Uh, you can find that in the, uh, video description of our last post game show, uh, not tonight, but, uh, from a week ago, um, go read it if you haven't yet. Uh, Thanks, DB. So, no, thank you. That was awesome. Um, okay, so a game ball tonight. Like, this is tough. Like, <laughs> I don't... I don't. You could say Oliveira. You could uh, say Zach Kolaris, even though because the pressure was on him just kind of all night long. You know, yeah. some of those guys on special teams, some guys on defense. Like, you, you mentioned Adam Bighill. I don't know. Uh, nobody really jumped off the page for me. Uh, on the blue bombers. Um, yeah, you know, big Hill was, was very good, uh, and, and made impact plays and the leadership and all those things you just talked about. Um, I'm going to have to give my game ball to 31,000 plus people yeah. that were at IG field tonight. You know, call me corny. I don't care. Uh, I don't, I just You're don't corny. See- <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't see anybody on this blue bombers team that uh, I want to give a game ball to fair enough the way, the way it is. So uh, 31,053 people on military yeah. appreciation night, you know, game ball to the military, uh, you know, who, who were honored tonight. Uh, appreciate all you do uh, and the sacrifices you make. Uh, and uh, to all the blue bomber fans out there that said, Hey, Let's go out to the park on a, a beautiful Thursday night in the summer and uh, take in the best team in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, they lost, but they're still the best team in the CFL. They are. Debate me. 
changed no, my mind. No, they, they are. You, but... I mean, if, but here's the thing that the, the skeptical fan is like, if someone's found the book on beating our O line, then I, I do get concerned. Um, Oh, there's my son waking up. Oh, I have boy. to do an intervention. Well, perfect time. Well, let's see if he goes back down. Sometimes he just whines and then he's like, ah, nobody's Having coming. I might as well I might as well go back to sleep because because <laughs> mom's he's not dreaming coming. about he's he's dreaming about missed kicks. But but here's a here's the thing. I want to see what the bombers are gonna come like the art the, the 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 name of my article was coming back stronger. I expect them to come back stronger. In fact, maybe at the end of the year we'll look back at this when we're Punch drunk with our three Pete Darren. Uh, you'll probably, you're going to be at the Great Cup. I'm not sure, but uh, maybe we'll look back on this like we did in 2019 and say, hey, good thing we had a loss. Maybe you learn more from a loss. Maybe they have a, maybe they have a, a chip on their shoulder, Darren. Yeah. Where they kick the living crap out of Calgary, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I wish it would have happened on the road and, and not when we had 400 home wins and, and a raucous crowd. And, I, and, and when you get 31,000 people in, in, a, in a regular season game, it means you're getting people that don't normally go to games. And God forbid they, they you know, they're like, oh, we lost. That sucked. Like the refs ruined the game. Like people who don't watch a lot of football. So I hope that I hope that, uh, yeah, I I hope that that people come back uh, to the game and we get we continue to get crowds like that because that was absolutely fantastic. And sign guys, shout out to you. You got on the big screen a couple times as usual. Yeah. Yeah, Don, he, he was definitely on there. We got to get him some bonfire gear to get some uh, some free promo uh, out of that. Uh, Jonathan uh, Coates uh, was watching live on uh, YouTube. For those who are listening to the podcast uh, and can't see this comment, a lot of our fans have been spoiled not knowing how good we actually are, says Jonathan Coates. Uh, I think that's extremely, extremely on the nose and, and true. Um, people often take it for granted. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the live chat tonight joking, like, you know, Adam Big Hill should captain the Winnipeg Jets. Then we'd have good leadership, uh, you know, with, with the hockey team. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, there, <laughs> there's a lot of people who uh, go to a game and they lose and they're like, yeah, they're, they're, they're nine and one, but you know, they went and I lost, so I'm not going to go anymore. Yeah. You got to take the good with the bad. The reality is it's nine to one ratio of good to bad. Um, They got a lot of games at home this year uh, to have the atmosphere. You do. It's not 12,000 or 8,000 or 10,000 fans at BMO in Toronto. It's not, you know, 14,000 fans at Percival Molson in Montreal. It's not, um, you know, uh, Edmonton in 2021, where, you know, the, the crowds really started to diminish uh, because of, of their putrid home record. Uh, yeah. You have a beautiful stadium, a kick-ass football team to, to cheer for and to watch. Uh, and, you know, 30,000 people going to games. That's awesome. To me, that's worth the traffic. Um, that's worth the, the it, it's worth the trouble to me because uh, I was sitting in the press box tonight and like, look, I, I get that opportunity to to go to games and work and, and sit in the press box, Zach, uh, and you know not have to buy a ticket because I'm there in a working capacity. 
but I really had a moment where I sat there and I looked around and, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the music and people dancing and cheering and, and, you know, like the bombers weren't doing particularly well. It was the first half. Uh, and I just thought, man, gratitude is something we should mm-hmm. always have mm-hmm. more of. Uh, how fortunate are we? If you're fortunate enough to, to be able to afford and go to games uh, or watch on TSN or listen on the radio or, or tune in with us, like how fortunate are we to have this Blue Bombers team right now? This is a historic team. They've won back-to-back championships. They're favored to do it a third time uh, in a four-year span. They've got star players at every position. We have a beautiful stadium. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of these uh, new jerseys they wore tonight, but I love the helmets. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Me too, helmet, buddy. I right? love those helmets. I think that should be their regular helmet. Um, yeah, but, 100%. Uh, but they have awesome regular uniforms and a great logo and a great organization, and, and uh, th- they make money. It's a successful franchise. People need to realize how fortunate we are uh, compared to many other CFL teams, to many other markets, frankly, to, to many other North American cities that don't have this awesome thing that we have right here in the summer and in the fall every year in Winnipeg. Well said, well said, Darren. And gra- gratitude is never a bad thing, right? And I, and I do think there's a lot to be grateful for, especially if you were sitting with your family and friends and you had a good time, right? And we win most of the games. It's a great franchise. I, I I don't know about these third jerseys, though. I see them on the rack, and I'm like, that looks like a hockey sweater. I see them on the players, and, and part of me is like, okay, they look kind of cool on the players. And then I'm thinking... They kind of look like giant blueberries. I like blueberries, but I don't know. The blue I don't on know. blue, I, like the color rush with the blue pants, blue jerseys. Yeah. It's a little heavy. It's a little I heavy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if I, I could stab behind them, but now and now I'm scarred. I'm I'm traumatized by them now because of tonight. But I'll get over it. And waiters, you know what? You and me, buddy. I'll, I'll get over it in about twelve hours. By the way, waiters, was that you who said your cousin is one of the Legion of Blue? Is your cousin Bucky? That the shoulder pads. This this guy's a legend. El Tony Toes the Legion of tonight Blue. During yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Drop. Bucky had a good turn on the jumbotron. So, at love, the end of the this. day, yes, from Christopher Met. Anyone who yeah. stuck it out for every game in the new stadium from the start through 2015 and 2016, th- those really really tough lean years yeah. in in 13, 14, 15. Uh, this is for you. Uh, no no question about that. Oh, That's how true, about this? right? Uh, Jonathan Coates, the wave tonight was awesome too. So some people like the wave. Well, and maybe, maybe for some fans, it's like, Hey, the game, the ending sucked, but I liked the wave. Or maybe for some people that wouldn't normally go to a game they were like, Ooh, that was fun. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I agree with, with Transcona Poly here. Going undefeated was becoming a distraction. I don't know if it actually was becoming a distraction inside the Blue Bombers locker room. Yeah, I don't think so. However, maybe for us. Zach, yeah, like way too much chatter about like it's historic and they're gonna go this and that undefeated season and like how long can this last? And now we can just turn the page on that and just talk about football. Like it, it, it got a little bit heavy for me. Uh, you and I talked about it on, on bonfire midweek, right? Like um, when do you start talking about an undefeated season? 10 and 0 is what I said. 
you need to get into double digit. It's an 18 game season. It's not a 12 game season or a 14 game season. It's 18 games. You better win more than half first sure. before but people I, start talking about undefeated season. Darren, I wanted them to break the record. I wanted them to get to 13 and 0 and sure. win the, on the banjo bowl. Come That'd on. I, uh, cool. I'm not, hey, I get that. I, I'm sad. I'm sad about but that. I said but. this to Chris Walby on, on uh, the pregame here on, on Bonfire Game Day Winnipeg. I said, Chris, any player would trade a three-game three losing streak oh, yeah. for a championship. No question. He's well, I'll, I'll give no you question. one bad loss, I, I, and I, I have a weird encyclopedia for these things, but people will remember those 1-6 2011 BC Lions who we beat twice in the regular season. They went on a tear at the end of the season, and they end up winning the Grey Cup, right, with, with considerable ease. They had a game when when the when the regular season still mattered where they lost like 43 to to 5 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home like yep. sometimes you just have a bad night at the park and hey maybe one thing to take away is the bombers had a bad night at the park and they lost by a toenail right like <laughs> and maybe maybe down the road this is a game that fuels them maybe legio gets the yips out um and he comes back stronger right yeah, I mean, maybe he comes back stronger maybe he doesn't here I here's the thing you know if he had shanked the second of the two kicks i don't know if he like if he didn't shank the first one i think he would have made the second one i think it got into his head like well, if he, he wouldn't have shanked the first one, we would he wouldn't have had to make the second one. I understand that. But I know but, what you mean. But even if he hit it clean, but he didn't hit it clean. Yeah. It he really misstruck the ball. It was uh yeah. that wasn't a missed field goal, that was a missed no. kick. Yeah, you know it mean? was bad. You have we have to call a spade a spade. It, yeah. it was bad and it was a bad way to cap off a night like that. And and that's that, that just is what it is. Um, well, is what it is, is what Jeff Kabila says here. Encyclopedia Britannischnitzer. Well, I do, you know, my wife wishes I remembered simple directions she gives me every day, but I do remember, uh, errata from the history of the CFL. Some anyway, not, 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 not as much as other people. There's always someone. This someone is crazy, better. crazy from Scott Roger. Why to the right was the stadium staff first call for more cowbell while the offense was on the field the stadium staff boy what what does that mean what like i i guess scott maybe you can clarify uh in oh the, the staff were saying he's gonna miss it wide to the right no 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 saying his westwood wide to the right was the stadium staff calling for oh. more cowbell while the offense was on the field were they doing that while the offense because they kept having that uh what's the actor's name they kept having uh, what's his name? Oh, more cowbell. Christopher Walken. Yes. And then more cowbell was that uh, he they they kept they kept doing it. I didn't know the offense was on the field though. That is bad. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, so this is good too. I wanted to mention this actually. Thanks waiters and Darren for putting this up. We can't forget that Cote hit the post from like nineteen yards out. It's crazy. Like, I, so I said to, I said don't to forget Joey about that, bomber fans. I said to Joey Alfieri in the press box, he's now working with the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my former TSN radio colleague. I said, 
at halftime, I'm like, it's a seven, seven game. I'm like, that missed field goal is going to bite them. And it's like, yeah, you know, it might, it might like neither, neither of us expected it to be a seven, seven game at halftime. Uh, but it could have been a completely different game. Had he not doinked that doink, it's a technical term. Uh, every <laughs> time there's a doink in the CFL, even the NFL, I tweet doink. It's a technical term. I will always tweet doink. It is a technical term. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I mean, him, him and Legio go, go toe to toe for, for bad kicks in terms of doinking, right? Coach's was even worse. It was from night. I believe Darren, maybe correct me fans on the chat. I mean, I think it was from like 20 or 19 yards. You don't doink those. Like you have to hit those. Legio doinked his at the end from what? 30, 35 or something in overtime. Uh, like, like yeah. they cancel each other out maybe, but it's again, the duffed kick uh, that, that would have been the walk up winner, but 37 uh, yards, 37. Yeah. You know, like, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get over it. Eventually I'll get over it. Eventually doink was a wrestler waiters. You're right. Doink uh, the clown? And then doink of course, the uh, Mark has it doink and dink were the two. Uh, that was the tag team in the WWE. I think, uh, <laughs> My God, that's funny. <laughs> Jardo'd it. Jardo uh, hit the it's bar. It's a technical term. <laughs> if I was young and single, I'd be hitting the bar now to try and dance my troubles away. But uh, yeah, I can't well, be maybe doing that. you know what? Like on that note, how about we uh, dance our way uh, to uh, wrapping this show up? Uh, you have final thoughts, uh, Zach, following the Blue Bombers' first loss of the season. Well, I like what you said in terms of gratitude. I mean, there is so much to be grateful for. And I'm always, as a mental health person, I'm like, it's hard to feel grateful when you've got strong negative feelings. You got to feel your feelings too. Uh, and then and then feel grateful. So I don't know if I'm quite ready to feel grateful as a fan. I know, Darren, you're not the fan, so it's probably easier to feel grateful. I would say, you know, if you're really, you know, pissed off and upset about that, that's okay. Feel your feelings, you know, let your feelings sit, they'll pass, but you got to feel them first. You can't get over anything without getting through it. So, you know, it's always good practice to to feel your feelings. Um, it's, it's, there were some good moments, particularly the things outside of the game. It was fun to be the, sp- the, the season second member <laughs> of the game. That was cool. And, and to, to be in the bomber store earlier, buy a couple of nice jerseys with my, my prize money for some special ladies. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day for me, Darren, it still stinks that, that we lost that way when, when, when it's so close, like on, on the, the, points of the end of a, a sharp pin and it could go either way you know that's the thrilling thing about sports but when it doesn't go your way it's a real gut punch but hey we got to talk about it today on post game with these great fans who have tuned in vicky christopher matt jonathan coates waiters matt carr Towson. i think from he's from across the pond a bunch of great bomber fans um and bomber fan. So listen, mm-hmm. it's it's a fun night, and uh, we we get to uh, you know on Tuesday talk about some other things, and and I think I'll I'll, I'll be good to go then. So uh, appreciate everybody on the chat. Sucks to lose this way, and I really do stink. Like my 
I made that bad BO comment about Brady Oliveira. It was hot there, and I was out there for a while. The tailgating yeah. the way you get it going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what about you, Darren? Uh, no, I'm great. I'm 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 fresh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, my math is off tonight. So you know. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Eh, whatever. Uh, waiters asked if I uh, had caught up on the bonfire hotline. Um, I have. I mentioned a couple. Uh, the rest, they're all just kind of, you know, a couple four-letter words, uh, you know, talking about a particular uh, player on the Blue Bomber special team. So, yeah, I caught up on, on the hotline. But, hey, continue to hit it. 816-TIPS-204-816-8477. Call. Text anytime. Leave a voicemail. Uh, we love uh, hearing them. Uh, Zach and I listen to them all. Uh, leave a comment down below. We respond to all of those. If you haven't, subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast or uh, on Facebook or Twitter, youtube.com slash bonfiresports. Very simple. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Ring the bell. You'll get alerted. Uh, but that helps us so much um, here uh, You know, as we continue to uh, put this stuff together uh, for you here, um, on the blue bombers. Uh, I wanted to, Oh, where is that comment? I had one final thought tonight. Um, well, you know, I, I can't find it. Well, is it baby? Cause that's a pretty good name and they have a picture of baby. Yoda, baby Yoda. So yeah. That's no, pretty good. That. That's from I, Th- He's from Thailand. So that's awesome, man. That, that brings a smile to my face. You know, I'm going to go to bed happy now. Look at yep. this cool stuff on 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 here, right? This this was the one. Uh, I think Blue Bomber fans need to remember this. Yeah, the the streak <laughs> is over. They're nine and one. But as Jonathan Coates says, uh, turn the page, Bomber fans. We have a three-peat to look forward forward to. Uh, everybody inside that Blue Bombers locker room, like you know, they're gonna kick back. They're gonna relax. They're gonna do their best to uh, you know. Uh, refresh and rejuvenate uh during this bye week uh they're gonna you know wake up tomorrow morning and, and not think twice uh about a loss to the montreal alouettes in overtime uh they didn't play well enough to win uh they know that uh and in the end their goal wasn't to win 18 games in the regular season their goal is to win in regina in late november and they are still extremely well positioned to do that so on that note, wish everybody a great night. Zach, I hope you have a great one, man. Uh, it seems like your little guy is uh, sleeping soundly. Yeah, uh, there was a squeak and he's back down. He he knows yeah. that he's not getting anything by he's waking dream- up. Doink. Uh, he, he, he's dreaming of doinks. Dreaming of nightmares. But, by the way, uh, Donnie C, sign guy, he, he made a comment. I got to finish on this, that that Dominic Davis went into the stands because of something Donnie C said. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you got into his head, Don. So you got to tweet DM me about that. I want to hear what you said to him. Uh, And uh, again, great to meet Neil and, and a bunch of people uh, at the tailgate and at the game. And David asked that you, you guys are why being a bomber fan is the best win or lose. To be honest, that brings a smile to my face. It's a big family. We're all here for each other. And uh, DB, you too, man. Even though you're not technically a fan, I still got some love for you. Well, I'm a fan and of you, Zach. I'm a, fan, a fan of you. Of, I'm a fan of you. And, and you know. No, like, I'm I, a, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm a fan of the fans. 
I do this for all of you out there. I really, really do. I'm the luckiest guy on the block. Like hands down, I get to cover sports for a living. It's awesome. It's never, you know, like there were times where it was looking bleak, uh, but you know, I, I've been able to, to keep doing it and I do it for the fans. I love to do it. It's fun. It's rewarding. Um, and you know, I, it gets me out of bed every morning and then I'm motivated to do my job, uh, which is, is really everything I think. Um, but in the That's end, pretty cool. that I pretty try cool. to serve the best interests of the fans. That's why I love the interaction here on bonfire and to be able to talk to people and they text the hotline and live <laughs> chat and, and, you know, shoot barbs at me and, and, you know, uh, have fun with us. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. So I hope everybody enjoyed themselves tonight, uh, and, and enjoyed the show. Um, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. And if I have a pain in the butt tomorrow, I'll just, I'll just know that it's horseshoes. Or if I am a pain in the butt, it's it's just horseshoes, and I'll, I'll take it. I uh, I got some flooring to do, baby. You sure do. You sure do. <laughs> hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Bombers lose for the first time this season, 2017 in overtime. Be sure to join us Tuesday night at 730 for Bonfire Midweek, and then we're going to do it all over again, regular style, uh, when the Bombers return uh, on Thursday, August 25th. Bonfire midweek, Tuesdays, game day, Winnipeg, the day before the game, and then post game here on game day after dark. Like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, comment, comment. We really appreciate uh, all of that, guys. Have a great night, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Good night. And uh, Jeff Kabilis, we'll meet some someday, and the universe will explode. So, so DM <laughs> me, buddy. Let's meet at the next game. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.